Hello, besties. How are you tonight? Welcome to the ultimate destination for everything Bravo. Join me as we dissect the drama, spill the tea, and encore the juiciest gossip from your favorite reality TV shows. Welcome to Martin with Eddie. I'm excited that finally we got Bravo Sundays back with the premiere of Atlanta Season 15 and Summer House Martha's Vineyard. And we're going to be talking about both. I have opinions about both. I'm excited about both. Um, both episodes, from my perspective, delivered and gave so much. So we are going to be going over all the stuff that happened on the episodes. And I'm going to also give you my opinion of the latest breaking news from Atlanta, which is Kim Zolciak and Croy's divorce. We're going to talk about it briefly because it just broke out. And I want to know you guys' opinions on it. Um, I have opinions and we will definitely um, get to the bottom of it all. What happened? Funny part is that the news also broke out the same day that we found out that there is uh, over a million dollars owned to the IRS from them. Uh, so it's very weird, the timing of the whole thing. I want to start with Atlanta. Uh, the ladies of uh, the ladies of Atlanta, our favorite peaches, are back, and they are clocked in. I'm happy when a cast. It finally feels like they know their motion, they know their dynamics. You know, last season we got introduced to Sonia, and we were trying to figure out if it was going to work out or not. She's finally in her own, um, and everybody is delivering. I think every single person on the show deserved to be back. One person was missing this whole entire episode. It was Drew. We found out that Drew was not present at the party. Uh, you know, uh, Sonia's husband's birthday party because she was having issues with her family, some kind of like problem some kind of health issue, if I'm not wrong. And I have an opinion about Ralph not going. We will get to that part when we get to the end. But the episode starts with, with uh, Cherie and Martel. I don't know about you guys, but I do not trust Martel for the simple reason that um, when he saw the chef that it was going to prepare a special dinner for them in his mind the first thing that came to his mind was a threesome and it's like i'm not a, i'm not against threesomes i'm like if a relationship uh is open about it if the relationship has created those boundaries and they know that they're able to handle the pressure of bringing somebody else into your home for that type of stuff that's cool i think it's great and Sometimes it's good to try, I guess. But it seems like in his mind, that was what he was going to get. First red flag. I also feel like, um, as we know, it seems that he sent a DM to Kenya. So many red flags. I don't know about you guys. I don't know how you guys feel on Martel. I don't trust him. Uh, it seems like Sheree is open 
has opened the door for love after last season's embarrassment of waiting for her ex to show up and he didn't show up until the finale episode and he was just a hot mess. So I want Cherie to find a great guy. I think she has dated way too many losers and I mean, she she's a great person. She seems to be a fun woman. So she should find love. I, I, I think everybody should find their partner. But Martel is not giving me partner, you know, uh, qualities. He's giving me more like player quality. And maybe that's what Cherie wants right now. Maybe Cherie doesn't want Cherie doesn't want somebody to build a life with. Maybe she just wants to have fun. And that's also okay. But based on what we saw last night on the first episode, she might be interested on him in more than just a playful way. One person that keeps clocking Cherie every single time that she can is Candy. We saw Candy finally coming back and bringing the candy-coated click. We saw them last night. It makes me really happy to see faces that we haven't seen in a long time back to the show. It's like a big full circle, right? Um, a lot of people complained when that happens in other franchises. But I, I like when you see faces that we haven't seen in a very long time make appearances on the show because it brings that sense of nostalgia. It, we grew up watching these shows, so... I'm happy that she is bringing her click back to the show. I'm happy that she has them around to Kiki because they are shady. They're just as shady as the cast. And I was laughing when they were saying that um, Cherie was not selling anything, that her um, uh, website crashed, and the only thing that was happening was that Cherie can use that as an excuse Uh that her website crashed because so many people were interested on her products. I want to know, guys, this, this happened last season on the finale, and I want to know if you bought anything from Cherie, from She by Cherie. I want to know if you bought anything from Cherie. Because I don't know anyone who has. And last time I checked, people were complaining that it was designed stolen directly for Sheen and from Amazon and stuff like that. So I wonder if they are right. Maybe nobody bought anything from Shiba Shirai. But Candy said like she didn't want to pay people to build her business. She said it. She said, like, hey, she lost the train of, you know, selling products. Cherie, Shire had the opportunity to, um, to sell a T-shirt, a simple T-shirt with who's going to check me boo for many, many years. She had the opportunity to create merchandise with iconic lines that she had said. Like, for example, I like the beat. But I don't think she knows how to capitalize on her 
quick jobs and her quick reads, you know. All the housewives that are not looking into getting into fashion, they are quick to release their t-shirts because they know the fans really want that. They want to have that logo t-shirt with the housewife quote. And Shireh had that. So I feel like Candy is right. I think Candy, when she said that Sheree, Sheree is not... um you know, quick when it comes to business. And then she loses track of how to make money out of her being a housewife. It's true. I mean, she by Shred took how long to have any item out. And till this day, I don't know anyone who have bought it. And Erin just said something right here that is really true. I didn't check out her website and cute stuff but overpriced. That was a consensus of many fans. I think uh, uh, Shiret was trying to sell, you know, yoga pants for like $200. And I mean, Shiba Shiret is not Lululemon's or, or you know, like a, like a sport brand, you know, to charge those prices. And the fan base, and the fan base, um, you know, is willing to pay, but it seems to me that she was trying to, you know, squeeze the last freaking dime from uh, Shiba Shire by hiking the prices of the items. I don't think she should be selling a yoga pen for $247. Because if that's the case, I would rather buy sweatpants from an actual brand the make uh you know athletic clothing like whatever whatever you want to wear i like to to support the housewives i'm the kind of person who has bought like books and whatever if i mean i can't i can't show you right now because they're like all over the place but i have the books and i have the the andy clubhouse shasky in the corner so i appreciate to get those like little memorabilia from the shows but I'm not going to pay almost $300 for a hoodie and and, and pants. I mean, not going to do that. I, I mean, not, I mean, I'm sorry, Sheree, I'm, I'm not buying that at all. And I agree with Candy. Candy was right. She, I mean, she needed to, to, to make just logo t-shirts with the quotes and she would make so much money. People on on eBay, I mean, what's it called? Um, not eBay, the website where people, uh, Etsy. People on Etsy sell those t-shirts like freaking pancakes. Like one after the other, I seen it. I actually bought a uh, sweater that I wore for BravoCon uh, with a Sutton uh, quote, and it was a hit during BravoCon. People ask me all the time, where did you get that? And it's crazy to me that uh, somebody who seems to be so um, business-focused, like uh, Shirai, she hasn't found her footing in uh, merchandising herself. You know, we see housewives with, uh, with skincare products and, uh, and, I don't know, perfumes and uh, whatever, 
our clothing and creating a skincare line that takes a lot of work i mean yeah you just put your name on it technically but um the process to me seems to be more difficult than just literally sitting in a computer and creating a basic t-shirt with a you know with a funny quote you know what i'm saying so my advice for my advice for um Shire is that she should focus more on what a fan will buy than maybe just the masses. It seems to me like she's trying to sell to like people who don't even watch Housewives and that's not her market, you know? That's my opinion. I don't know. One thing that I noticed too is that Candy, Candy's quick to check people, quick, even her friends, because Moniera, she was introduced as you know finally as a friend of like an official one with with confessionals and and also um you know cast photo i love monieta's look in her confessional like she looks absolutely beautiful but candy checked her and clocked her as soon as she walked through that door and i like that about candy she was like You sat your ass down with freaking Marlo and talked about me and all this stuff. So, yeah. She was questioning her friendship. Even though Moniera said, like, hey, I was just trying to get both sides of the story. That's valid, too. Like, I'm the same way, too. I I need to know. I need to know what's happening. I need to know uh, what is triggering the issue. Maybe I can get, you know, my little mess of an opinion on it, that's all fair. But the conversation that Moneta sat down with Marlo about was, I think, more than just a um, a kiki moment. It was, you know, it was when Marlo was going through the whole nephews uh, controversy, like, you know, using the nephews or like kicking them out of the house. So the, the topic of the conversation, I feel like Moneta should have just walked away and not get involved in that one. So yes, Candy's right. I mean, I'm happy that she clocked her and I hope that Moneta sticks around because I think um, she's messy and also she could be a good, fun friend for Candy. But I just don't want her to flip-flop through the whole season because I've seen, a hap- I've seen that happening a lot in the housewife universe. I see friends flip-flopping, friendship just changing, but in a very drastic way, not in an organic way, you know? Um, like, for example, today we found out that the ladies of Salt Lake City are traveling uh, to Bermuda for their you know first international trip, thank God. And it's the reason because, you know, Jen Shah is in jail, so they can finally travel, you know? Um, it seems like there is issues between Lisa Barlow and Whitney now because now Lisa's friend with Meredith again and she's becoming friendly with Heather so now it's Whitney the one that is kind of like on her own island that transition right there seems to me forced it doesn't make any sense so when I said like I hope um, Moneta sticks to 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 Candy is because they 
seem to have a long-ass friendship, and I don't want that friendship to be ruined because they want to, like, play, like, devil's advocates for somebody else and just change the dynamic or of their friendship, you know? I'm happy, though, that Moneta found somebody for Kenya to, to hang out. Like, I saw this guy. Uh, I mean, his name is, like, Roy, and... I mean, the guy is good looking and and Kenya said that she was having a good time. So, yeah, I'm here for all that. That's why I love Atlanta. Atlanta has something very interesting that no other franchise has. Their connections and their friendships are so real. They go outside of the show They go beyond just being uh, cast members. It feels organic. It feels fun. It's super shady sometimes. It's super, um, you know, the reads from Atlanta are unique and definitely top, uh, top, top uh, tier um, franchise. And they, they, they seems to work. You know, I don't think we haven't gotten to the point that where Atlanta feels dark like Beverly Hills and New Jersey where it's becoming kind of toxic to be part of those uh fandoms but Atlanta I think you I mean we all enjoy Atlanta for what it is we all take take size obviously but it doesn't feel like the size have become a reason to um to create such a division between fans Maybe that's just my opinion. Maybe because I truly enjoy Atlanta and I watch Atlanta as a fan and somebody who appreciates pretty much every single lady on that, you know, cast. Obviously, I have my favorites, aka Kenya. I love Kenya. Kenya, to me, is just the queen of the reeds, the queen of the shade. And I love her for that reason. You know, in that conversation between her, Moneta, and, and, and Candy is when we find out that Uh, Martel, you know, sent her a DM on her Instagram. And that's why I feel like uh, he, he he's not that guy. Even though, based on what she said on Watch What Happened Live, that DM happened before he was dating, uh, no, Sheree, Sheree. But she wanted to tell Sheree about it. And Sheree made a, made a comment on Instagram saying that, uh, She should have told her before. Not just wait for the show to start. But hey, that wouldn't be the first time that happened in the Bravo universe. I do believe that a lot of times when they have that type of information, it's not like they're holding it because they choose to hold that information from the other cast member. I do believe that somehow production advise the housewives to keep something to bring up on camera so they can use it for a storyline. But uh, at the same time, I do believe that there has to be some um, topics where they need to address it off camera before starting filming. Because some of the conversations and some of the situations where uh, the housewives find out on camera about some heavy topic is what turned the the franchise a little unwatchable. Uh, look what happened in Potomac. I love Potomac. I love my little Potomac. 
Uh, I love Candace. Uh, I, I'm a huge fan of Karen Huger. Yes. Um, I believe that either production or, I mean, Giselle is different. She likes to produce herself, you know. But the fact that she brought up the whole Christian on camera, it seems, you know, that it, it was planned. The problem with that is that the conversation, the topic of the conversation was quite heavy. I mean, alluding to sexual harassment is not a light topic or something that uh, should be talked about on camera in such a way that might hurt the other person's reputation if that was not the intention. So... That's why I believe the Candace broke the fourth wall and said, like, are we doing this and look into the camera? Because she knew she in that moment, she knew that this was planned either by Giselle herself, because like I said before, she likes to produce everything and or by production. So remember, when we watch Housewives, I think. Uh, I said it before, I went to school for filmmaking. So when I watch Housewife, I see it from both perspectives. As a show, showing real situations from people who know each other, but also as a TV show that needs to be produced to create situations. So for Kenya to hold that information from Shrey, I do believe that could be a way for production to create this um, animosity between the two of them. Because as we see it now on Twitter, they, the girls are fighting. The girls are going at it. Candy is is uh, fighting with uh, Shiret. Shiret is fighting with uh, with uh, Kenya. And it, it seems to be like everybody's going at it on Twitter. But thank God when it comes to Atlanta, I feel like we all enjoy that. It's not like... New Jersey, perhaps, that after so many years, you feel like the family dynamics are creating more damage to the cast as in their real life outside the show than anything else. Talking about family dynamics, um, Sonia's family, I love her family. I think she has such a beautiful family, um, but... <laughs> we had Shari, her sister, she had a confessional. She had a, her own confessional. I was surprised when she had one. Um, I, I think it's like the first time that I noticed a member of the family to have their own confessional without us expecting it. Like I've seen people from different franchises, for example, the Judaism girls like Gia, you know, she has her own confessional and um and we've seen in Salt Lake City uh with Brock's um so it's like it's been done before but you can expect those to happen you know this time when she when she had her own confession I was like I'm here for this because I want to know how she feels being part of Sonia's life not only as her sister but she also worked for her too. And she lived in her own, she lived in Sonia's roof, under her, her roof too as well. So there has to be some issues right there. And as we know, there there is. It seems like 
the fact that Sony has such a busy schedule is affecting the family as a family dynamic because her whole entire family worked for her. Uh, Sonia made a comment, making it seem like she's doing a favor for them by giving them jobs and keep keeping them busy. Um, so she feels like they have to maybe like treat her as the boss, perhaps. And that seems like it's not sitting well with Shari. Um, also because her husband is uh, Sonia's assistant because she wants him to make connections and be able to start working in, in real estate. But honestly, you guys, one of the worst mistakes that anyone can make is to mix business with family. You don't do that. Because money, money is an issue that breaks families. We've seen it many times. Once again, New Jersey. Um, and it seems like there are some feelings in this family that are unresolved. That maybe that's why Shari has her own confessional. Because it's going to be an ongoing conversation this whole entire season. You know? Um, but like I said before, Sonia's family is just beautiful. I like the dynamic. I like their energy, the way that they seems to always be eating together, perhaps. Like, I love that. I love a family who, who eats together all the whole entire time. Um, I grew up in a family who, um, we, we didn't have the same schedule, perhaps. We didn't have those like family dinners that most people have where you sit with like the whole entire family and have conversations. We had that maybe twice a week, especially on the weekends, because uh, my mother will always be working. My dad will be working. I was always like with the nanny or my grandmother. So, you know, growing up, we didn't have that. So when I see that on TV, I really appreciate it because it shows how family who do it have like a fun dynamic. Uh, like I mentioned before, we did have that but maybe like once a week, twice a week on the weekends when mother was home. And talking about mother, I want to talk about Marlo as a mother auntie. I don't know how to, I want to mix mother and aunt. Aunter? I don't know. <laughs> uh, last season, we know that she had a very, I would say, controversial, perhaps, storyline with her nephews. Viewers had many questions. The cast members had many questions. Oh, you know, about their situation and how she was handling having these uh, young men in her house. Uh, the way that, you know, it seemed like she gave them out for a period of time and how some viewers and even some cast members felt like she was using them for some kind of storyline. The first scene that she has with them is them making some kind of like 
dinner for her, like preparing stuff for her. My question is, do you feel like it was sincere or it was just a PR move from Marlo to paint the idea that they um, that they are in a better place and those accusations were false and once again have like a storyline with her nephews? I'm like right in the middle. Like, I want to believe that it's sincere. I want to believe that she truly cared for her nephews and they do love her for, you know, taking care of them and providing for them. Um, but at the same time, the scene felt so contrived. What do I think? That's, that's just my opinion. I, I feel like that part particular scene was contrived maybe because we already have this preconceived idea that she was using them in the last season maybe that's what it is but i want to believe that she truly loved those kids i mean it, it's 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 her family so i'm sure that she loved them but it's a sincere the way that she's trying to portray this new family dynamic on the show. That's my question. So if you have any answers, you know where to go. You can, you can go to my Instagram. You can go to my Twitter. You can DM me. I want to know your opinion. You can leave your comment right here on the, um, on the live chat that we're having right now. We, we had the beginning of the party at the end of the, of the episode. We just saw a small portion of it and we know that it's going to get really explosive. One thing that I noticed, one thing that I noticed is, um, like I said before, Drew was not present at that party because she had issues, like, you know, family issues. And one thing that I did not like at all was Rolf saying that you know that he was there to like be with her friend you know and i'm gonna tell you one thing i'm gonna tell you one thing i i believe that he should have been with drew and you know if he wanted to you know show up for his body he can easily send a birthday card in the mail, an email. He can send flowers. He can send a box to uh, to Sonia's uh, house. Uh, when he said he said something around this, he said she has a lot going on with family. I need to make sure I show love and support to my boy, though. That was really icky to me. Period. Because why would you do that? It, you know what he's giving me though? It's funny. The the similarities with uh Tom Sandoval and, and Ariana and Vanderpump rules. You know, in the last episode when they were talking and Lala told um Ariana the you know Sandoval stay longer when she was asking him to go because she found out that her grandma passed away 
and he decided to stay at the party with uh with Rachel, that's the same energy that is given where you put somebody else above the needs of your partner and being with the person that you allegedly love when they are going through family issues. So Ralph was giving full-on Tom Sandoval's energy last night. Everybody noticed it, you know. Another situation at that party that I'm still confused. I'm confused. It's this new girl, Corny. When she was talking to Marlo at her house before the party, she had this big energy towards Candy, saying that, oh, she said that she didn't know me, and we know each other, we run into the same circles, and she keeps saying that she doesn't know me, you know? And then she went and talked to her, and Candy checked her immediately, saying, like, I don't know you, bitch, you know? Um... That fight and the reason for Corny to come so hard uh, at Candy doesn't make any sense to me. It seems so forced. Like, she has an issue with a non-issue issue. Like, there's no issue there. Oh, she said that she doesn't know me. Literally, Candy pulled and Mariah Carey on Corny and she said, I don't know her. Literally... Corny got Mariah by Candy. And that's why Corny's mad. Like, doesn't make any fucking sense. And is given, is given doing too much for attention. I mean, Marlo kept saying, I'm so happy that it's not me the one with issue with Candy this time. But I'm going to stay here and, and just spy the conversation. It's kind of like side-eye what they're doing and like try to figure out what they're talking about i'm like who are you lying marlo because even though corny is the one that has issue with candy the issue doesn't make any sense and you know that you broke corny as your mouthpiece to go after candy because you're mad that candy is doing some spoof reels on instagram about you and sheree you know, um, yeah, they, the fact that Marla's trying to make people believe that she's not involved in this corny versus candy situation is really dumb because to be honest, who brought corny into the picture? Who brought her to fight with candy for saying that she doesn't know her that was marlo and that's my opinion that's what i'm saying and like i said before next week's episode is going to be more explosive because it's the continuation of um in the big fight between martel and and kenya that is a result of kenya telling sheree about the dm so that's going to be a very interesting episode. I like when everyone is working for their paycheck. This episode gave me everything that I need to as a first episode for a new season. 
the dynamics are 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 there the energy is there the shade the pettiness everything that makes atlanta fun and watchable compared to all the shows it's there so i'm looking forward to season 15 i'm excited i'm here for kenya i'm here for candy and let's see how this season goes if you have a favorite, let me know who that person is. If you have a favorite moment from this episode, let me know by leaving a comment on my Instagram. DM me uh, on Twitter. You know where to find me at Martini with Eddie. Uh, let's talk about real quick about this whole Kim Zolciak and Croy divorce. Do I do I think it's shocking? Not really. I mean, a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, I wasn't expecting them to get divorced. And like, one thing that breaks a family quicker than anything else is financial issues. And as we found out today, uh, they owe a million plus dollars on taxes to the IRS. Uh, they've been having money issues for a while. And that's the reality. I mean, um, the news were exclusively you know, dropped by uh, DMZ, or at least that's what I found when, when I saw it online. And um, they were saying that, you know, that they were married for 11 years, they have four kids together, um, and it has a lot to do with the financial issues. Um, Kim said that she is filing for divorce because there's... Uh, there's no hope for reconciliation, you know? Um, and obviously she followed the typical, we want privacy or whatever, but I'm like, no, you want privacy and, and you know that everybody's like looking at anything coming from Atlanta because the show premiered last night. Like the timing of this news are not coincidence. This is not like, oh my gosh, who leaked this news? No. Last night, Atlanta came back to Bravo. So it's trending right now. It's trending. It's like the top trend from Bravo shows right now. Then you have the fact that today uh, the news about them owning money to the IRS leaked. And then like an hour later, the divorce. It seems too um, calculated for me. It seems to me like she doesn't want the privacy that she's uh, looking after. Because if she wanted to, she would have either kept the divorce a little on the low or be smart enough to wait when the show is not trending. <laughs> All I've been thinking about is, where's the scooter? Where is the scooter? Who was taking the scooter when they decided to like divide their access? Who's taking the scooter when they divide the access. I will I'm tell you that's one of my favorite, you know, fights between Nini and and Kim Zolciak. The whole scooter thing and the um and the and the parking space. That was hysterical when um she when Nini called Kim Zolciak the parking police. I'm I laugh of that. Um, I, I, I want King Zolzia back if and only if 
somehow Bravo mends their um, relationship with Nini so we can have another moment like that because that Kim Zolzia versus Nini fight is always, always iconic. And I I miss them together. That that was really good. Um, talking about new Bravo shows, let's talk about um, Summer House, Martha's Vineyard. If you haven't watched it, go to Peacock immediately. Watch it. This first episode was so good. I said it before. I'm a huge fan of non housewife shows i always give them the chance i always watch the full season and i make my own opinions based on what i'm watching and based on this first episode alone this show has a lot of potential so i'm asking you to please please do not sleep on summer house martha's vineyard the cast is absolutely beautiful they already are friends. At least most of them are friends. You know, they know each other from work. They know each other from life. Like, for example, um, Jasmine is friend with uh, Shanice and Jordan from their time when they worked as Playboy Bunnies at the Playboy Club. So they have a long friendship, you know. Um, Bria was also part of that clique, but... Jasmine has issues with Brielle. She didn't know much about her. And the drama that they're having right now, it's so high school that it's amazing. I'm, I'm team Milo. Milo is Bria's emotional support dog. And I don't care. I have three dogs. And even though they don't, tra- they don't travel with me all the time because it's... We have three big huskies. So when I have the chance to take at least one of them, the one that is my emotional support dog, people better deal with it. Uh, I love my dogs more than I love people, period. There's no question mark. There's no um, excuses or, or anything else, explanation to do. I love my dogs more than people, period. The end. I'm sorry, mother. But it's true. So for that reason, I'm team Bria and team Milo on this whole Jasmine versus Bria fight over the dog. As so as soon as as Bria walked into that house, Jasmine put a target on the dog. Yes, Bria could have easily let them know, but at the same time, they can say nothing because that's her emotional support dog. And you can't deny having your support with you. Like you can't take your dog anywhere you want to. That's just literally a legal thing, you know? So, um, I'm Team Bria and Team Milo, period, the end. I, I came into the episode, and I even posted on Twitter, that I was going to be Team, uh, team Jasmine and... And and Silas, yeah, that's that's her husband. Um, because I like a fun married couple. I like when people are married and they still know how to have a good time. Uh, Jasmine said this is the first time of 
them going to the vineyard as a married couple. So they still have, you know, that fun, exciting, outgoing, adventurous lifestyle, even though they're married. People take notes because I know many people that go from being super fun to be super boring because they get married. You don't have to lose yourself. You don't have to change who you are because you got married. Does it make any sense? Have fun. You're still young. Come on. Um, so I like the dynamic, but I'm having issues with the whole dog fight because it's not that big of a deal. No one in the house besides Jasmine has an issue with Milo. So the fact that she kept bringing this up is giving Poppygate from Beverly Hills where the issue is a non-issue. But I like it because it's petty. <laughs> there was a moment when um, Jasmine and Mariah sat and called Bria and they were telling her the reason why they didn't want the dog around or why she should have told them. And even Jasmine said, like, there's poop in the backyard and be like, no, bitch, I picked up the poop. And production did that. They showed the receipt. She actually did pick up the poop. So there's no poop. There's no poop. So there's no issue. Uh, there's no issue. Um, Ari. Oh, I mean, Amir. Amir. I'm trying to remember the names because, you know, it's a brand new show. So I just want to make sure that I'm saying right. Amir. He is half black, half uh, Lebanese from Texas. And he is 100% hot. Oh, my God. I had never been more interested in learning a Arabic language. Because he was asked if he speaks Arabic and he spoke in Arabic and I was like, I don't know what you said, but yes, sir. <laughs> I like, I, I like this cast. As you can see, there is a, an interesting dynamic. Uh, like I said, Amir, Amir said on the show last night that he grew up in a, environment with very little black people you know um so he is excited to finally be surrounded by people that has some similar backgrounds he mentioned that growing up he never had like uh, a fate because his mom who is Lebanese, uh cut his hair he didn't know how to take care of his hair uh and his skin because it's true um it's true i, I mean there's a lot of stuff that come with, uh, you know, growing up in an environment that you don't learn if you are not exposed to, you know, to, to the, your same kind, you know. And he was very open about it. I'm happy that this conversation is being done on the show because it reminds us as viewers that no matter no matter what your race is, sometimes you do have different paths to walk because of the places where you grew up. You know, we've seen it also in Summer House, um, the regular Summer House from the Hamptons, between 
Gabby and Sierra, where Sierra felt in some kind of way about Gabby because Gabby seems to come from a nice family or like a rich family and uh, going to a predominantly white school. So her life experience is different. So for that reason, the way that she um, expresses her thoughts and opinions are different, you know, Um, but that doesn't take away the fact that they do have something in common that is very important to, to, um, to understand that is being part of the same race. Another person that I'm very, very interested on getting to know more is Preston. He is a gay man who is very opinionated like myself. And like he said, he doesn't say everything that is on his mind because, yeah, and I'm the same way too. If I say what is in my mind all the time, I will get in trouble. But he's also like the voice of the reason of the group. Like everything that he says is like poetry. It's like very deep, but also understandable. Like, you know, some people goes into these like rants with like big words that you don't understand and you're trying to put like the idea together and still you just can't do it because it's hard to comprehend. But he explains his feelings and his ideas in such a way that to me it's like, oh my gosh, like this guy is so smart, but I know what he's talking about. I felt so connected with him during the episode and I like that. I like when... You are watching a new show and immediately you connect with a member of the cast. I connected with two of them. I got I connected with Amir's, you know, experience and, and way of, you know, behaving and also with uh, Preston's um, interest on talking about important stuff when the time is right. Because Preston was also shady. He was shading Bria when she walked in. And to me, that was the shade of the night. Uh, she she called her like a... Um, he said that she remind him of someone who spent two hours to prepare themselves for Miss USA, but never uh, make it. And that was freaking hysterical. I was dying laughing. <laughs> More cast members that we saw, uh, Alex and Nick, they uh, they are both Kappas, and which is a fraternity. And also we have uh, Silas and and Preston being from Alphas, and uh, they explained that the Alphas were the first uh, black fraternity and the oldest one. I noticed that though. I noticed that about this show, which I like. As they talk about their own experiences, they also explain very important historical issues within the black community that maybe for me as a non-black person is interesting because I don't know this stuff. You know, I it, it, it doesn't come like 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 a knowledge that somebody is giving to you. Like, it's not like, 
I don't know, we don't talk about this stuff in school. Like, it's not like we have that experience, you know? So when I watch a show, and I said it before, I watch Bravo, obviously for the fun, but I appreciate when there is a, uh, a sense of culture where you can actually learn. So that's why I like when there are housewives that are from different cultural backgrounds that bring their culture into the show in some kind of way either a party, either um, an event, um, they talk about it, you know, like we saw Crystal sharing her uh, New Year's party, Chinese New Year's party with the cast. Uh, we saw it last season on Salt Lake City a couple of times, uh, you know, Jen Sha sharing her uh, Polynesian background, and we saw also... Um, you know, Angie K talking about her Greek culture, you know, also I'm trying to remember more than I just really, I, I like to talk about that sense of culture in within, um, in within housewife, my favorite Jersey girl, Jennifer Aiden, when she talks about her Turkish background, which by the way, I mentioned it before, I'm still upset by the response that some people had on Twitter and also the response to some of the housewife talking about why she insert her culture into Teresa's baby shower, I mean, bridal shower. But it seems to me like it sounds very judgy. And when somebody's sharing their culture, especially when they are either first generation or immigrants, it's a, a form of love. And back to the show, Summer House, Martha's Vineyard, they are talking about what Martha's Vineyard means to the black community. They, they, they're talking about how wealthy uh, black people has, have, you know, properties over Martha's Vineyard, how, you know, they're, you know, they were part of like the first black fraternity in America. So all the stuff that they talk about during this show, to me, is very important to learn because, like I said before, we don't, I mean, I was never told any of this stuff. So I, I, I enjoy learning new things while I'm enjoying a show. And obviously there is drama. The last, the last, you know, moment was between uh, Jordan and... And Jasmine's husband, because he was judging her for being out. And she was saying, hey, I'm an adult. I take care of myself. I go out and I'm always aware of my surroundings. And I like that about a woman who, who said, you know what? I'm making my point. I'm strong enough. I'm, I can defend myself. I don't need a man to protect me, you know, period. She clocked in. She, she clocked in and she's cashing that check. And I like that. I'm, I'm, a, I'm liking Jasmine. Let's see how it goes during the season. Um, when it comes to housewife shows, I tend to like everybody. Uh, it happens with Family Karma. It happens with Summer House. It happens with Southern Hospitality. With Southern Charm, even though Southern Charm cast, you know, the men are just messy in the wrong ways. But, you know, I appreciate each single cast member because it feels to me that it's more real and more... Um, I can connect in a different level with cast members from shows that are not housewife related. 
So go watch Summer House Martha's Vineyard. The first episode is available on Peacock now. Give it a chance. I'm telling you, you are not going to regret it. It's a fun watch. If you love Atlanta and you watch Housewife of Atlanta, it's a good follow-up to it. You know, you stay there and watch it because it's fun. It has a, to me, a very interesting, fun way to present friendships. The same way that I said about Summer House before, um, the premises of the show, it's to see friendships, you know, getting mess and have a good time and, and be messy and be shady and be petty. But at the same time, we are in the non that they are all friends, that they might fight, but they have a good time. It just, it just gives me old school real world. And I, I grew up watching those shows and maybe that's why I appreciate non-housewife shows. But that's my opinion. And like I said before, if you want to share your opinion with me, you can go to Martini with Eddie on Instagram and Twitter. And if you are enjoying this podcast and the conversation, please, 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 very important, just subscribe. Just click subscribe on my podcast, on any platform that you listen to your podcast. You can find Martini with Eddie right there. You can also find me on YouTube, uh, my YouTube channel. I do live shows like this one that you are right now um and then it turns into the podcast please subscribe also to my youtube channel if you want to be part of the conversation as i record the podcast i always love having everybody here aaron thank you so much for always showing up i really appreciate you so much so besties like i said before homework atlanta watch and give an opportunity to summer house Martha's Vineyard. And I'll be here talking about it every Monday because it's a great show. Okay, besties, my dudes and dudettes, it's a part of the night. I truly appreciate your love and support. And like I always say, bye, besties. <laughs>